Second Timothy, the fourth chapter. Today I want to continue with a series that we've been on for a number of weeks. The title of this message is Completing Your Course. And I believe it will be a great benefit and help to put these principles and these truths into practice. Let's read again our text, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. Paul writes here, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved His appearing. So not only was He going to get the reward, He said, you can have it too. And I think it's the desire, it's the heart of every, uh, of every Christian, truly deep down, that they want to fight the good fight. They don't want to quit. They don't want to give up in the middle. They want to complete their course. They want to finish the race. They want to uh, keep the faith. And so I believe in, in sharing these truths and these principles, it will inspire and empower and strengthen us to be able to accomplish that very thing. And so all of us can, at the end of our lives, say something very similar to what Paul said here. He said, yeah, I did it. I didn't quit, didn't give up. I fought, I won, I finished, I completed. And now it's, now it's party time. Now it's reward time. Now it's time to, 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 now it's time to get a crown. Come on. I tell you what, the Lord has that for you and for me. And, uh, but like I've said many times during this series, finishing your life and finishing your course are not the same thing. And, uh, and going through life is, and, and doing so with purpose looks totally different. All right. Many people live their lives without purpose, without a destination in mind, without, a, uh, without something that's more important than just surviving. And I tell you what, God has much more than that for you and for me. Last week, we were talking about being, uh, being usable, becoming usable to God, basically by being available. And how many times people, they might think they're available or say they're available, but they're really waiting on the sidelines. And, and have, some have for many years. They're just on the sidelines of, of, of life and of, of the kingdom, of, of Christianity. They're just kind of watching the game instead of playing the game. And many are waiting for some type of, some type of dramatic experience, some type of uh, outstanding uh, happening from God, waiting for God to move, waiting for this demonstration of God, and then they'll throw their hat in and get involved and do some things. Uh, but uh, I, t- I tell you what, that's not the way God wants it to be. Um, I think there's a real valid truth, and there's some, it's a valid point. It's not the complete discussion, but for someone to see a need and meet it is, the, is a reason why a lot of things get done. It really is. There, there's really, I mean, I, I don't mean there shouldn't be prayer and, you know, gift matching and all that kind of stuff. But many times people are waiting on that too long. I've been praying for 18 years on what I should do. I stop praying. Please. It's not working. <laughs> just start doing something. You know, or I'm just waiting for the right spot, the right time, the right this, the right opportunity, or for everything to align in my life. Uh, then I can start, you know, doing the will of God instead of just living for myself and doing my own will. And, and again, that just really doesn't work. But I would encourage you, take a step. Let's get out there. Let's take a step of faith. If you see a need, if you can find an opportunity, say, Lord, would it be okay if I did that? You know, I told you about that. I, I told you about that pastor who did that, and now he pastors a church of like 20,000 people. He said, I, I don't feel called of God to do this, but I'm, would it be okay if I just volunteered? 
And obviously there was a gift there. There was a call there. He was just not recognizing it. And, and once, he, but once he put his hand to something, once he started doing something for the Lord and giving his life to others, he found that there was much more there than he realized. And I think that could be true with a lot of us. Whether that's going to be the, the end game or not, I don't know. But there's probably a lot more to all of us that if we'll just start using, start exercising, we'll start developing, we'll start giving our, our, ourselves to something, we'll find that, that, that God will open up doors. Opportunities will come. He'll, he'll, he'll bring out gifts and, and things that we never knew were there. And we'll develop in such an important way. And so the Lord will give us opportunities. He's opening doors for each and every one of us. And if, if, uh, if we'll walk through those doors and prove ourselves faithful, then he'll promote us. He'll advance, we'll be advanced. We'll, we'll be given more responsibility. All these things are so very important. You know, in the, in the New Testament, well, this very same area in the first book of Timothy, Paul was discussing with Timothy and talking to him about, uh, about his, um, his ministry and structure and, and promoting people and putting them in positions of authority. He was talking about qualifications for leadership in the third chapter of 1 Timothy. And, uh, you know, it, it's called overseers or bishops and then deacons, uh, just uh, different words for positions that, um, you know, really are, exist in most churches. And he was talking to him about what their qualifications were. And, and one of the things he said in the 10th verse, he said, but let these also first be tested then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Notice that language, let them also first, everybody say first, be tested. He said, before you put someone in this position, test them, prove them. Let's find out what they're made of. See what their life is all about. He said, don't just take anyone and everyone and just put them in different positions. He said, test them first. Do you know that that's a right thing to do? He's instructed how to deal with that church. It's how we are to do church today. It's how God thinks that People can be promoted and advanced, and he wants to use people more and more, but there is a qualifying that goes on. Remember, we talked already about how Paul said, I could, even after I've preached to others, I could disqualify myself if I don't keep my flesh under control, right? If I don't put my body under. And, and likewise with these people, he said that they need to be tested first. Now, this is not a written exam. You know, he's not talking about, well, let's test and find out if they're truly saved, if they're truly in, in Christ, in the family of God. I think that was pr- probably an understood, that if you're going to serve in leadership in a church, you should be saved, even though I do know of a, a, a guy I used to know, I haven't seen him a long time. Years ago, though, he told me about this ministry trip he took up in Canada, and he was helping this church, and while he was out of this church, they took a little fishing day, and they went out fishing, and he said, and I led the pastor and the deacons and everyone to the Lord. <laughs> wasn't joking at all. He said they were, they were leaders of the church and they weren't even born again. But uh, nevertheless, as a general rule, we, we, we should understand and know that though there are pockets in the world, there are places where people have the Christian name on the building, but there's no real life experience. There's no real relationship with God. It's just a religion. But that's another subject I don't want to get off on right now. Okay. He said they need to be tested. Again, that's just not a Bible knowledge test, like a Bible quiz. And let's see how many scriptures they know. But you read the context. He talked about being found blameless. He wanted to, he said, you need to test their character. You need to test their, their, um, their, their integrity. You need to understand their maturity level, how they deal with their family at home and how they deal, how they work in business and how they handle finances and how they deal with all this stuff. He said, make sure you're putting the right people in this place. And if they were, if they had these areas in order, then they could be promoted. Then they could do more and go further. 
Okay, uh, one reason why many today, I think, have not progressed in God is simply because they are missing opportunities. They're failing tests. There are opportunities that are coming to them, and they're going the opposite direction. They're not doing what's necessary, and so they don't get promoted, and they stay in the same place year after year after year from a spiritual standpoint. All right, it, it's kind of the kingdom of God is it doesn't really operate like like they used to do in some schools, called, you know, with social promotion. How, you know, if little Jimmy was in second grade and, and uh, you know, if he didn't pass the test, well, you didn't want him to get behind everyone, all his peers and to be in the wrong age group, so just kind of push him along anyway. But, you know, because unfortunately, if that keeps happening, he gets into high school and he doesn't know how to read. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, that happens today, doesn't it? Yeah. They actually graduate. Anyway, uh, you know what I'm talking about, though? Uh, because, you know, because they're thinking, hey, it's just not going to look right if, if, if Jimmy's six foot tall and he's in second grade. <laughs> so we've got to kind of advance him along. However, in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ, God doesn't really deal with us that way. He'll let you be six foot tall <laughs> and be in the second grade. And really, it's a, it's a sad uh, commentary, but many believers, there are many Christians who have been saved for, for a long time, for many years, and yet they haven't advanced spiritually. They're really in the same place that they were, you know, so many years ago. Because, and, and there's different reasons for that, but one of them, I think, is missing opportunities. It gets hard. They go the other way instead of responding and growing and getting stronger. It, they miss opportunities to, to serve. How many know growing in God is somewhat of a separate note here, but growing in God is not solely about hearing the Word, but it is also about doing something? Huh? Yeah, I mean, I know if you feed your child, they're going to keep growing. But if all they do is lay on the couch and eat year after year, they're going to grow, but it's not going to be the right kind of growth. You know what I'm talking about? They need to have activity. They need to be moving. They need to be developing. They need to be working their skills and working their muscles. And, and proper growth happens not just by eating, but also by doing. Say amen if you can. Amen. And so when it comes to the kingdom of God, we've got to look for these opportunities to grow, opportunities to be approved, opportunities, these tests, if you will. I'll come back and explain that more. These tests, if you will, that we can pass because that's what they're designed for. That's what they're there for, at least the things that, that in our life that come from God. But many times in, in, the, in the kingdom of God, in, 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 in church, people treat what they do for the Lord, the will of God, the plan of God, their course, if you will, they treat that far differently than they treat their other interests in life or uh, their career, their job, their profession. Uh, many times people will hold that at one level, but then they'll hold anything they do that they may not get paid for at an entirely different level, even though it's the kingdom of God, even though the reality is it's more important because it's eternal and it's of God. And see, that in, its, in, in itself could be one of those tests. If I don't respond correctly to, the, to my opportunity to do something for God, to do something in His plan, His will, and I treat it as much less than, like, I don't have time for that. I've got a life. Well, as a Christian, no, you don't. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Huh? We don't even own ourselves. So my body, my life, not if you're a Christian. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on, you're the temple of God. His Spirit dwells in you. You were bought with a price. You belong to Him. Now, if you're not a believer, this doesn't apply. But if you've said, Jesus, you're my Lord and you're my Savior, you belong to Him. 
So how many know that should elevate the importance of everything we do in the kingdom of God, in the family of God, to a different level? But uh, can you volunteer your time, as we call it, volunteer, uh, serve God in some capacity in church, in ministry, doing something for His kingdom? Can you do it with the same commitment and dedication as you would if a paycheck were on the line? And uh, we know the ideal there, but I'm telling you from practice, from experience, there's a whole lot of Christians who treat it totally different, and it's just not as important. It's if I can, if I get around to it, and it's just done with a lesser intensity because, hey, it's not like I'm getting paid at the end of the day. And some might even think, uh, when I'm talking about this, say, well, it's easy for you to talk about because you, you do get paid for being in the ministry. And that's right. And, uh, and it's biblical and it's right that that be the case. And, uh, and, and, but I would tell you this hasn't always been that way. Hasn't always been that way for me. And I, I'll add to that just so, you know, just have a proper perspective of our, our ministry staff and how we work things here. But you know, every person that works on our staff and that, gets, that actually gets paid through the church, that they all volunteer, including myself. We all do much more than we are paid for. That there are certain obligations and requirements that are stated. But because we got just a, we have we have great people, and they go by their own choice above and beyond and do more than they're asked. And so even really those who have a heart for God, even if they're among the very few in, in, in the body of Christ that actually, that ministry is profession for them, they actually, it's their job as well. Those people are to and should have a mindset of, I'm going to go over the top. This is the kingdom of God. It matters more to me than, hey, clock in, clock out. I'm not doing anything more for God. You know what I'm talking about? All right. See, but we must elevate the principles of God and the will of God. If I'm ever going to complete my course, my course must be a, a heavy thing to me. Not negative heavy, like burdensome, but heavy as in weighty, as in important in my life. It must be a real important thing to me. Otherwise, I'll blow it off if I don't have time and I'll treat it as less than because, hey, I've got this opportunity and this one pays me and this one doesn't pay me. So it's always going to go back to what I see benefit coming to me as and from. You know, talking about uh, these things like tests and, and, and proving, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 22, we read about a guy named Abraham. Remember, God uh, had a covenant with Abraham, and he became, he, well, at the time, he was just given a promise that he would be the father of many nations. Of course, he was old, and his wife was old, and they were childless. And that he would be the father of many nations. And you go through the story. And eventually they had that promised child. His name was Isaac. And uh, as Isaac grew, uh, they, they had an, Abraham had a very interesting experience where God told him to sacrifice Isaac. Kill him. <laughs> and uh, we know through types and shadows, that's a picture of later Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. But in the meantime... Um, What's, what this is called is the scripture said that God tested Abraham. He tested him. Now that might seem like a little bit odd to some. Like why in the world would God test someone? Why would he even need to test someone? Because he knows the outcome. You mean why test someone if you already know how smart they are? <laughs> or what they're going to do? And I don't know if it... I think it's possible that God... In not, that in, not in all situations does he look at the future. 
That's just a nugget. I'm not saying that as an absolute uh, thing you have to accept. I think it's possible that he will deal with you and I and he won't necessarily look at what he already knows to keep things on a relational level. Maybe. But I also know this. God could at any time, of course, see how Abraham would respond. But as you read the story there, when he obeyed and he did what God told him to do, you know, then you see, now I, God says, now I know. <laughs> you know, now I know what you would do. But I think the test was not so much for God's benefit, but it was for Abraham's benefit. I think there are things that God asks us to do. He instructs us that we should go here and do this and say this and give this and do these things. And when we pass the test, we grow. When we do what's required and what's asked of us, then we take a step up spiritually. But if we don't pass the test, again, you know, it's not like you get kicked out of the, out of the family or anything, but you, you just stay in second grade. How's that working for you, you know? <laughs> Been there a long time. Wow. And, uh, and so what we want to do is pass these tests. And what are, let me clarify again. Just always have to make some of these statements. But uh, God didn't give you a disease. That's not a test. Well, I got this sickness. God's testing me. No, siree. No, that's not, that's not from God. Oh, you know, or God, you know, gave us our child and our child was born with a, you know, a problem and certain infirmities and that's God's just testing it. No, no, he's not. That is not a test from God. Absolutely it's not. You, should, you can still overcome it. You can still pass, but know that that didn't come from the Lord. All right, that's called a curse in the earth. That's called a fallen world. That's called demonic activity. That's called a number of different things that we don't want to get into now. But that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about a test. I'm talking about obedience. I'm talking about the Lord giving us a word and seeing how we are going to respond to it. He'll give us an opportunity to see if we can succeed. In fact, that's why he does it. He's given us opportunities to step up. He says, I want to bless. I want to promote. I want to increase you. And so what are you going to do with this? And he's, you know, almost if, again, take the knowledge of the future out of the equation. Come on, do it. Come on, do it. Come on, do it. I can almost see God just, you know, almost hoping we'll respond in the right way. Why? So we can be promoted. So we can be increased. So we can continue down the path and complete our course and do what we were called to do on this earth. But we must elevate the things of God, the plan of God, the will of God, higher than anything else in our lives. We talk about trusting God. Will you, will you believe God? Will you trust God? Stand on His Word. That's a good statement and a good subject to talk about. But here's another thing. Can God trust you? Can God trust me? Can He give me resources? Can He give me direction? Can He give me His grace and His gifts and trust me to do the right thing with them? Because we find, I see this in Scripture over and over, that a person can be at different levels in receiving things from God. Even the grace of God, you can have more grace according to the Word. More grace. Well, I like the grace of God. It, it enables me and empowers me and strengthens me and enables me to walk with God. I like increases. I like getting bumped up. Well, I've got to do the proper thing with what I've been given if I'm ever going to be elevated and promoted to a higher level. Amen. Amen. And so can God trust you with kingdom responsibilities? Can God give you a part of his plan and say, I want you to do this part. I want you to, to take care of this area of my, of my kingdom. Can, can, can he trust you with it? Can, can God trust you with his very own people? Or will you jump ship at first sign uh, of trouble? Are you going to quit first time there's a hardship? You know, Paul wrote to Timothy, 
2 Timothy 2 and verse 3, he said, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You must do what with hardship? You must endure it as a good soldier. So this is one of the words that, that, that we need to understand when it comes to doing the will of God, that there, uh, there are going to be some troublesome times, there are going to be some individuals that get in our way, but can God trust us to stay in there anyway? Anybody out there today? All right. So the test is basically this. What will you do with what God has given you? Uh, how will you respond to His instructions? And the response to those things, again, what, what does it determine? Whether we stay in second grade. Whether He's able to give us more. Because how, how many know any of us with a brain, you don't keep giving someone something that they can't handle or that they do the wrong thing with. You can't keep giving it to them. If they can't do it, they can't do it, they can't do it. Or they won't do it, they refuse to do it. Well, you just stop giving them responsibility. And uh, this is where our heart needs to be right. One of the things that helps me, has helped me in life, in, in doing what I'm supposed to do, and I, I think it'll help all of us, is to never forget the God factor. The God factor. That's a, it's, don't look that up in your Bible. I made that up. <laughs> The, the phraseology there. The God factor. Meaning, what I do needs to be about much more than me. My decision. My choice. I volunteered. I gave myself to this. And not have God in the discussion. I don't know if that makes sense. It will in a moment if it doesn't yet. Um... We're talking about completing our course, meaning that it originated not in our own mind, that I went to a guidance counselor, they helped me to map out my life, and this is my course. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about a course designed, created by God Himself. Everybody with me? Kind of like... In Scripture, we read different things. Um, it's kind of like the marriage relationship. Remember the Scripture says, Therefore what God has joined together, let not what man separate. What God, in other words, God gets involved in the marriage relationship and He joins. So He said, don't you break apart what God puts together. Right? Now, when it comes to our lives, our ministries, now everybody has a ministry, by the way. Every Christian has a ministry. You might, not, you might be in it, you might not be in it, might be unaware of it, uh, but every Christian has a ministry. That ministry may look like something I do, but it may look totally different and completely different than what I do. So don't think of ministry as pastor. Okay, that's just one part, one part of what God's doing. All right? But in, in everything I do, everything you do, Remember the God factor. That what you are doing, your, your ministry, it is of God. It is for God. It is recognized by God. It is rewarded by God. Not just, yeah, I was walking in the church one day and hey, one of the, the head usher came by and said, hey, would you like to help out? And I said, oh yeah, I think I'll help out. You know, or, or you said, someone asked me to, to, to help out and do something, something in the ministry, and I decided, you know, I was thinking, 
whether I should do it or not because they asked me to do it. Here's the question. Are you sure they asked you? Or is it possible that God asked you? If they asked you, do whatever you want. But if they asked you, but it really was God asking you through that person asking you, this comes up to a whole other level. And I'm not saying every idea that pops through my mind, because I'm a pastor, if I say it, it's God's talking. It's not. And not everyone, you know, sometimes we're just talking. You know, we're just having ideas, and we, you know, we run ministries around here. We brainstorm, and, but there are some things where it's absolutely and most certainly God. And when God says something, I need to elevate that to a whole nother level. This is not just a strategy that we came up with. When it comes to your life, you may have decided to do something, but what we really need to get settled is, was it a God thing in your life? Is, even if you didn't recognize it at the beginning, was it a, was it a God-inspired activity? Because if it is, that should hold you in that position at a, which a, a totally different mindset going forward. It should affect our, our attitude. It should affect our commitment. If it's, a, if it's a God thing, don't ever forget about the God factor. Because what happens, and I've seen this in church for many years, is individuals run, run into difficulties at times. Usually it relates to other people. Have you ever, I figured this out a long time ago, church is real easy, except for people. <laughs> which is church. <laughs> and, uh, but people say, uh, you know, I was, I was serving, but, you know, so-and-so, the way they treat me, or the way this happened, the way this went down, I'm not going to do this anymore. I don't have to do this. It's not like I'm getting paid. <laughs> and, uh, and people say, I can, I, I'm, just, I'm not going to do that anymore because of this, this, and this. And here's my thought. What about God. I know someone's going to, I know it's uncomfortable at times. Or, you know, I, I, I moved over here and the price of gas and now it costs me this much more to get there. And, and so I think I'm just going to do this different. I'm going to change this. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do this different. What about God? I mean, what in that says anything about a connection with God? That he's going to, he's going to have us do something but yet he's not going to provide, and we're going to run out of gas, and uh, we're not going to have enough money, and not going to have enough time, and I'm going to be too tired, and, and, and all this stuff. It's totally eliminating God from all of our activity. And if that's our sole motive, just because I'm doing this for another person, it's not good enough. Our course, we're never going to complete it if we have, I'm doing this just for another person in our mind. I tell you what, Paul, who completed his course, <laughs> he would have quit a long time ago. When, you know, after the first couple of beatings, <laughs> uh, would have quit unless he knew this is a God thing. We've got to have knowledge of the God factor in our lives. So it's not just, well, I'm tired, I can't, I'm not going to, well, I'm not going to put up with that anymore. I just can't do this anymore. Well, you can if it's God. And if you recognize God in it, then you stay. Amen. I think it's amazing how many so-called spirit-filled Christians continually just do their own thing. Just do their own thing. I mean, hardly even a mention of God. Oh, I love the Lord. I do my own, then I do my own thing. Let's go, let's go a little bit deeper. He's in you. 
be God inside minded. Be conscious of his leading, his presence, his, you know, an awareness of him at all times. How does a person disconnect from what they're doing that is of God and then walk out and be talking to him? Wake up in the morning, open your eyes, and there he is. And then it's just all my decision. All right, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians, the third chapter. I'm trying to say this in a good way. Hopefully I am. In uh, Colossians, the third chapter, notice with me over here. This should, this should help us with this subject. Verse 23, Colossians 3.23. And whatever you do, do it heartily. Heartily. That's, that's with all your heart. As to the Lord and not to men. How should we do it? Heartily, as to the Lord, and what? Not to men. Well, that, that, that person, I'm doing this for, they don't even appreciate it. Well, you're not supposed to be doing it for them. Even though you're doing it for them, you're not supposed to be doing it for them. You're doing it for them, but you're doing it for God. And if they don't appreciate it, it doesn't matter. God does. Say, why are you saying that? Because I know the potential and the possibility of people rubbing us the wrong way and situations not working out. And not everyone is saying and doing what they ought to do. But so what? I, you know, I feel for some of our, our ministry leaders around here. They say, hey, I was running this ministry. I was doing this. And I had these three people cancel on me the, an hour before. And they're like, oh, what am I going to do? And, then this, and this other person, they didn't even call. They just didn't show up. And, uh, and I said, ah, oh, what am I going to do? Well, here's what you can do. You can quit because people are sometimes unfaithful. Or you can recognize the God factor. And so you know what? This is a God thing. It's going to turn around. It's going to work. He's going to provide. He's going to strengthen me. Going to give me wisdom. Going to give me understanding. And these things are going to come together. I tell you what, the kingdom of God needs people like that. I tell you what, the kingdom of God needs people who will bounce back. It needs people who, who, you know, can read stuff in the newspaper about them and go, ah, I'm going to keep going anyway. <laughs> They're an idiot. You know what I'm talking <laughs> uh, But he said, do it as unto the Lord and not to men. Even though men seem to be the men, men and women, they seem to be, we think, well, we're doing it for them. Stop. Do it for the Lord. He said, knowing that from the, what? The Lord, you will receive the reward. From the what? Lord, you will receive the reward. From the what? The Lord, you will receive the reward. Your reward comes from who? The Lord. It's His deal. It's His call. It's His place for you. It's of God. It's for God. It's recognized by God. It's rewarded by God. Of the Lord. You will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve man. No, you serve the Lord Christ. Now, were they serving man? In one sense, yes, we do serve each other. We are called to serve each other. But if I serve you, you know what I'm really doing? I'm serving the Lord. Because if you receive, great. I'll feel happy about that. That'll be great if we have a good relationship. But sometimes if you don't receive, what do I got to do? I got to do it anyway. 
I've got to stay in my place. I've got to keep pressing on. I've got to fight the good fight. I've got to finish my course. I've got I've to run this thing and complete whether it's received or not, whether it's acknowledged or not, whether it's praised or not, whether people are even nice about it. I've still got to do it. Paul said about himself, he said, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. He said, I don't have a choice in this. This is what burns in me. Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. There's something on the inside. He says, I must do the will of God. I must complete my course. I must fight the good fight. I cannot quit. And if we're ever going to reach the end and be at that place we're supposed to be, we've got to have that stick to itness in there. We've got to have that proper perspective of I am doing this for him. What an honor. Man, what a privilege. What a joy to have God work through me in any way. Now, I mentioned earlier that, you know, sometimes or maybe I didn't mention, I did last service. Sometimes what we, what we do for the Lord is just in a season. And sometimes it could even be a short season. Uh, but what we're doing, we say, I'm going to throw my hat in with this. I'm going to help out. I'm going to get involved. I'm going I'm to let the Lord use me in this capacity. It might be that you don't see what's next, but taking that first step is necessary to get to the next place. Amen. And it might just be for a time. But here's, here's my personal experience and my discovery of watching others too. Most of the time, I'm not you know, trying to be the Holy Spirit here and making this decision. I think there are exceptions. But most of the time, God thinks in longer periods of time than we do. It really does. You know, a day is with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. I know when I was in Bible school, I was, I was led towards and, and had, a, had a desire to to have my major, my focus be on pastoral ministry. And that, I guess, you know, seems like I'm supposed to uh, be a pastor. Well, I got, got done with, with Bible school and, you know, a few months later, took a position as a youth pastor. And it kind of had pastor in it. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, not that I was ready to do what I do today. I wasn't, I, you know, but uh, uh, honestly, I never felt a call to work with youth. I never had some burning desire, you love the teenagers. I didn't dislike them. You know, that sounds bad. (laughs) We love the teenagers around here. I just don't have to preach to them. No. Uh, But uh, here's the deal. The Lord led me and directed me in that way at that time. So the mindset with many that have a awareness of a call that's different is they think hmm, six months, <laughs> a year, a couple of years maybe at the most. In fact, after I had been there several years, people were like amazed. I mean, people around the country ministered, you're still doing that? Because the average youth pastor, you know, there were stats about nine months and a year and, and, and people would just get, you know, they would just quit. They wouldn't do that very long. And I, and I didn't even necessarily have a call to that type of ministry, but it was a specific assignment. And you know what? Almost 12 years later, we came and started Life Church. Why am I saying that? Let's get God's perspective on things that sometimes we think, bam, I'll do this for a moment. <laughs> and He says, yeah, you'll do it for a moment. 10 years. <laughs> that is a moment with Him. Uh, I know a, a pastor in, in California pastors a very large influential church 
and doing a great job. He, he said, the Lord dealt with him. They, have a Sunday, they do Sunday mornings, and now they do Saturday nights and Sunday mornings and all this stuff. Uh, he said, but they also do a Sunday night service in addition to a Wednesday night service, and uh, they have done that for a long time. He said, the Lord dealt with me to teach on healing, divine healing on Sunday nights. Divine healing on Sunday nights. He said, so I did that for 22 years. And then the Lord dealt with me to talk about something different. <laughs> I thought, that is awesome. That is so cool. Why, why do I think that's cool? Just to have the maturity to not get antsy, to not think, I've got to change it up. I've got to do something different. I've been doing this like for a week. <laughs> Time to change. You know, God's into change from glory to glory. We've got to change. And usually, a whole lot of change is a whole lot of immaturity. And many times when God leads us and tells us to do something, it's going to be a while before there's something different. Amen. That's a lot of sermons on healing, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lot of teaching. But when the Lord gives you something, you just go with it. And you just do that. Here's what I'm encouraging you to do. When you get into a place where God's using you in some capacity, it's, it's some part of what you're able to do and God is using you to do, plan on staying for a long time. If the Lord, remember him? Lord? Jay? If the Lord moves you and deals with you to do something different, then he's got that right. Isn't that correct? He's called our master. He's called our Lord. But make sure it's him and not just immaturity or I just refuse to deal with this troublesome time, this hardship. I refuse to put up with this person. Make sure it's really the Lord. Because when a large number of the body of Christ all gets out of their place, all gets to doing their own thing, how many know the effectiveness of the whole is greatly diminished? But if we'll value the things of God, if we'll value our call, our place, I tell you what, if you'll, if you'll stay on the freeway until you reach your exit, you get where you're going a lot sooner than if you get off too soon. Start trying to weave your way through town. Amen. Stand up with me today. We want to complete our course.